Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. All right, I am super excited about this episode here with a very good friend of mine, Simon Chan. I wanna start by letting you know who Simon Chan is. He's a consistency coach, he's a speaker, He's an author of the Amazon bestseller, The Consistency Pill, which I personally read and love, The Seven-Step System to Increase Sales and Transform Your Business. He helps network marketers earn part-time income of at least $1,000 a month by getting them to be consistent, defeat overwhelm, and build a successful business online. Simon is best known for being the host of MLM Nation the number one podcast in the network marketing space, which features in-depth interviews of over 700 top income earners from around the world. Simon started in network marketing in 2003, and he built a million-dollar business with over 200,000 distributors pioneering online duplication. He retired from building in 2013 to be a full-time trainer and founded the MLM Nation podcast. As I mentioned, Simon is also a very good friend of Nicole and mine. And Simon, I just want to welcome you to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast today. Hey, thank you for having me, Alan. I'm excited to be here. And for those listeners, you don't need to check out all 700 something episodes of MLM Nation, but you definitely need to check out two of them. And one of them was Alan Nicole's episode. And I don't have the episode number, but it was way back in, I think, 2015. And then just in the last seven years, just watching you and Nicole grow has been super, super inspiring. I just recently had Alan on the show. I think maybe episode 721, 722, something like that. But Alan, super proud of you. And now you got your own show. How cool is that? Glad to be here. Thank you, Simon. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was episode 379 and then 721 was the show. You were, you were right. I've shared a little bit with the Life's Heart Succeed Anyway audience. Can you just go into a little more detail on your background, just kind of who you are and elaborate on that? Yeah, I'm a shy, quiet Asian kid. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. English is my third language. My dad was uh, basically rags to riches, grew up in the ghetto in Hong Kong, came to America for the American dream, became a doctor, and I was always the richest kid in the public school. My dad basically didn't have time freedom. Like he made good money. We had like three Mercedes at one point. But all I want to do is just go to Yankee games, watch the Madison Square Garden, watch the Knicks. And he never had much time with us. And I appreciate my parents. I love them. My college was all paid for and stuff. But I wanted time with my parents. They were always busy. So I always grew up in the traditional work hard in school, study hard, get a good job, right? And so because it worked for my dad. So uh, the funny thing is, when I was young, I was struggling with English. And my mom would tell me, like, don't worry about that. You know, the white kids are good in that stuff. Asian kids are good in science and math. Just focus on that. But the only problem was I also sucked in science and math. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm definitely not going to be a doctor like my dad. So I ended up getting a job, a job I loved, a low paying, but I love my job. I did well my job and thought I was just going to work hard for 30 years. I stood my mentors there where they climbed up, became these senior directors and vice presidents. And then like you maybe become a CFO or something like that. And I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to work hard. I was a good employee. And then I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that totally changed my life. I always talk about three of the books that changed my life. Number one is the Bible. Number two is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Number three is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I never learned any of that stuff in school. And I realized, wait a second, the rich people, that's what they do. You can actually say you work hard and then you never have to work again and still get paid. 
And I was like, well, I was totally blown away out. And I was like, wait a second. I've been going my life all wrong. How come no one taught me this? And I realized the school system doesn't teach you this stuff. So I was like, I want to start a business. I didn't have money for real estate, for passive income. And then I looked at different businesses. I thought, I don't know anything about business. So I thought about maybe do a franchise, like a Subway franchise. But I didn't have the money for that. And then I found out if you get a franchise, you got to work basically seven days a week. You can't just hire out someone to manage it. They make you manage that store for the first year. And then you really don't make money until you open your second, third store. And I was like, there's no way I don't even have the money to do that. I don't want to do that. Like the bread doesn't smell that good to work the seven days a week. I mean, that's like no, no freedom, right? That's not what Robert Kiyosaki says, time freedom. And then he said this thing about network marketing. But a lot of people don't like network marketing. It's a negative perception to it. And I had no clue. I never even heard about network marketing. I was like, what's so negative about marketing computer networks? I thought it was an IT business, network marketing. This is back in 2003, right? This is when the internet just started. The Cisco was big. And so I researched it and realized, well, network marketing is pretty interesting. But I was so skeptical. And then at the same time, I was at a point in my life, you know, Jesus Christ is a big part of my life. I read Purpose Driven Life. And I found that God's purpose for me was to have a positive impact as many lives as possible. And even though I'm shy, quiet, as I went through the 40 chapters in a book, I thought back, and even when I was in college, I enjoyed mentoring kids in my youth fellowship at church. I used to do basketball clinics to get kids off the streets from Chinatown to play. I enjoyed mentoring. Then I looked more into this network marketing thing, and I was totally clueless. I was the dumbest dumb person. I read the Network Marketing for Dummies book, right? And they said that if you really want to have the passive income, you really need to help people. It's not just about sales. I said, well, you know, that sounds like the purpose that God gave me, to help us to have a positive impact as many lives as possible. So that's what I did. I prayed about it. I got started. I found a company. No one recruited me, Alan. I actually found a company, Googled the company name and put Los Angeles and some person's website came up and I went to the website, called them, left them a voicemail, sent them an email. And that's how I got started. Wow. So you grew up the son of a doctor, but what you saw was a lack of time freedom, financial success, but a lack of time freedom. And that's what kind of drove you into this industry back in 2003. What's interesting, Simon, is that was 2003 and you'd never heard of this industry. In 2002, when we found health products that were a solution to Nicole's health challenges, one year before you told that story about Google, finding it on Google or whatever you searched on it, maybe it wasn't Google back then, is that's when we learned about these products, which are distributed through a network, a different network marketing company. And I'd never heard of it, didn't know what it was. And I still run into people to this day that don't really even know what it is or haven't heard of this whole business model. But that's very, very interesting. One of the things that attracted us to this business was the time freedom. I think it's a big driving factor for a lot of people. And that's very, very interesting. So that was 2003. You built a multi-million dollar business with hundreds of thousands of team members in your organization globally from 2003 to 2013 when you retired from that to yeah. be a full-time coach and trainer? Yes, but I wasn't an instant success. I was struggling for months. So I got started. When I emailed that person, I said, hey, I want to join. How do I sign up? And he talked to me for 45 minutes. Of course, I didn't sign up right away. So I need to think about it. Then he right. called me the next day and I got started. But I struggled for a couple months. And it wasn't until I had a mentor that really reached down and made me accountable and made me consistent by nagging me five times a day and pushing me hard. It's kind of like the trainer that everyone fears that pushes you hard in the gym. You want to go to that class? He was like that. And he pushed me hard. And that's when I really learned how important consistency is and what it really takes to be really successful. Right. So you've had a lot of success, both in your original business, those first 10 years or so, and 
I don't know if it's fair to say as much or more success since in your training and coaching and podcast business. It's just been incredible seeing what you've done. And you've been a huge inspiration to Nicole and I over the last six years, probably since we found you. But here's my question for you. One thing that we've realized and what this podcast is kind of founded on is the premise and the idea that everybody has challenges in their life. I mean, it's unavoidable, right? And it almost seems that the longer one lives and the more success one has, the more challenges one has to face and overcome. What is a big challenge that you could share with our audience and our listeners that you've had to really deal with over the years? That's a good question. I'll give you two. Okay. I'll give you one from each business. I think from network marketing, the beginning, it was consistency. I wasn't consistent at all because I didn't have things blocked out. So I talk about my consistency system, the seven components. One of the most important ones, component number two, is you got to create and schedule the time. And as a new entrepreneur, we all like to be our own boss. It's like you have the flexibility. But you have to understand you also have to be your own employee. And a lot of you, if you were like me, the way I was, the boss, you were fired your employee, you, right? The employee's got to do the dirty work, do the calls, do the prospecting, stay up late at night, do the things you don't want to do. And I didn't want to do any of that stuff. But my mentor told me successful people do things that unsuccessful people don't. Unsuccessful people don't like to do them. Successful people also hate doing them, but they do it anyway. So for me, the biggest challenge was staying consistent, creating that routine, applying the seven components. And once I did that, I started to see success because I always talk about consistency creates mastery. Every master was a disaster, but consistency creates mastery. So I could not sell. I could not prospect. In my first 10 prospecting calls, I couldn't even get past hello. I never even brought up the business. I was so shaking and nervous. You know, actually, the funny story, I was in New York during the winter break in 2003. That's when I decided to do it every day, visiting my parents. My parents still live in New York. And the Wi-Fi wasn't very strong. So my parents lived in a one-story house in the suburbs. And I would look at the computer, get a phone number. And then I couldn't call there because I didn't want my mom to hear me. Like how pathetic her son was. I'll go to another room on the other side, but there's no Wi-Fi. Secretly make a phone call and then go run back and write down a couple of phone numbers and go back. That's how I started, right? So I was terrible, but consistency creates master. Once I started becoming consistent, I started getting results. And that was probably the biggest challenge I had. And I had all type of problems, but my late mentor, Jim Rohn, told me, he's like, don't wish for less problems, wish for more wisdom. How do you change? How do you adapt? You know, another one was like, my downlines don't do much. And in the business, is not about getting people to do stuff. Some people wanted more. Some people just wanted a little. It is about recruiting your way to the top. And that consistently doing that, not getting into management mode. Let me share a couple other stories. So I went to my first event and I was earning like a part-time income. I always had a big vision. Like part of success, you got to have a vision. My vision was to expand to Asia. And when I found out that, I was like, the next Asian country they expand to, I'm going to go there. And I found out it was Malaysia. And I didn't even know where Malaysia was. I didn't know anything about Malaysia. And just talking about, I like talking about this makes me excited, right? And like you said, no matter how big you go, you always have problems. That's why you got to enjoy the moment. Because otherwise you forget. Some of my best favorite moments and times wasn't when I had a million dollars or like where I live right now. It was when I was struggling and grinding. Thinking back, like when I went to Malaysia, I was living in a tiny 400 square foot apartment. I decided to go out there. I didn't know anything about the culture. I just bought a couple of travel books going out there. I got scammed, got screwed over many times. But those are the things that make you tougher. Your worst moments are the raw materials for your future success. So that was a challenge, not knowing how to expand to a new market and learning on the go. And another challenge was 
I'm a shy, quiet kid. I'm not a person that's outgoing, right? I'm not the person that goes to parties and meet a lot of people. So I grew up in New York my whole life, moved to LA, and I don't know many people here. But every time you have a problem, you can say, well, I'm going to just use it as an excuse or change and find a way. So that actually was one of the biggest blessings because that got me into online marketing. I started doing online marketing way before people in 2004. It was doing Overture on Yahoo. This is before Yahoo bought out Overture. There's a company called Overture that do pay-per-click advertising, do Google AdWords, Google AdSense, Facebook ads. But 2004 with Overture and Google AdWords, Google just opened up the platform. And Google, I don't even know this, Google AdWords copied Overture. Yahoo was the leader in search engine at that time, and they copied it. So, of course, none of these strategies work anymore because things have changed. But because I was shy and quiet, didn't know anyone, like didn't like to talk to people, that forced me to go online. So turn your challenges into a strength. Turn your problems into a blessing. And this is way even before social media happened at different blog sites and stuff like that. So that's another story. Last one. I know you asked for one. I'm going to give you one more. So with ML Nation, I think this is the one that is most important and probably the toughest challenge for me now is knowing that we are in different seasons of life. So I've always been a grinder. I'm going to go go out. And then I discovered like growing up, like I said, I was a big sports fan. Uh, when my oldest son got into sports, I was like, wow, I love coaching. I love my business. But spending time with my son in sports is 100 times even more fun. For example, my son and I, we do fantasy baseball. He actually helps manage my fantasy basketball team, fantasy football team. And it's just amazing bonding time. I mean, if you have a child, you know the love. So that would make me realize, hey, there's different seasons of life for everything. And the lesson is right now, I'm having a blast. But I always joke around, I have no time, I have no life because I have three kids playing competitive baseball. And you, you played at a high level in baseball, right? So two of my boys are playing club teams every day. It's almost every day. I have a batting cage in my house. I practice them every day. And then I take them to practice. I watch them at the team practices. And that, by the way, that's the best part of the profession. It allowed me to do that. If I was at a job, I wouldn't, a lot of dads can't do that. I can do that. At like two o'clock, we work in the batting cage when my son gets out of school. I was like, when I was in the job, Alan, I'll be 2 p.m. I go to my fourth meeting. Retired as heck. That's the blessing of being an entrepreneur. Of course, you got problems. But getting back to the challenge was like, sometimes you can't go all out. You can't, and people like say you have it all. You can't really have it all at one time. So for me right now, my priority is my boys. And I still run ML Nation, but I don't compare yourself to other people. I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to be at that level. But right now, I'm spending 20 hours a week on a baseball field. You can't be crushing in business and still spend 20 hours. So my business is still good, still great, but I'm not going 100%. I may be going 90% at ML Nation, but I'm 100% with my boys. And learning to accept that. And there's a great quote. I love military strategies book by The Art of War by Sung Tzu. It says, who, who knows when to fight and when not to fight will always be victorious. And I think when I was young, I want to do everything and then be crappy and everything, right? I think that's another thing, focus. A lot of people are not focused. Like a good example is, I, I want to do LinkedIn. No, I want to do TikTok. TikTok's great. I want to do Instagram. And then you do everything, you end up being garbage and everything. Know what you have. Like a good general knows what resources they have implies it appropriately. So I've learned over the years, and God's told me, like, hey, I want to spend 20 hours on the baseball field. I can still run MLM Nation's flexibility, but I got to set my goals accordingly. So a lot of you who listen, you may think, oh, I want to get what Alan and Nicole have. But look at your situation. As long as you're doing your best, that's awesome. Don't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 20, right? Alan and Nicole have been through tons of pain and issues throughout their lives. I still remember the first time you were supposed to speak at my event and the stuff happened, right? 
but you may probably never gone through what they've gone through. So don't say, well, well, Alan made it in six months. How come I can't do it in six months? You don't know this story. This situation is different. And that story is always changing. So that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned in the last five years is, hey, know what season you're in and you act accordingly and you'd be happy with it. So if others are going faster than you, that's all right because you're winning a different race. So many nuggets right there. I would love to, if time would allow and it doesn't, just to go in on a bunch of different tangents there on so many good stuff that you shared, but I appreciate that so much value. I do have a question about the shy Asian kid you said you were, you know, growing up and how that was one of the four or five challenges that you shared. And I know you've got many more you could share. Did you ever wonder, because I think this is a common temptation we can all face, like, why me? Why couldn't I have been different, right? Why couldn't my situation be different? Why couldn't I not be shy in your case, you know, or why couldn't I be this or that? Did you ever have those thoughts? And what would you say to someone who's dealing with those thoughts with their challenge of whatever that is they're dealing with? I had so many challenges. Growing up, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. I was a big sports fan growing up. My parents didn't get sports. They're not from here. So like, what's so big big sports? So athletes don't make any money. Come on. Yeah, back in China, they didn't make any money. But in America, they make lots of money. And they are, whatever, that's not real. But I used to have to go to Chinese school on Sundays. And I hated it because I missed NFL football. And then on Saturday, the only time I actually catch NFL football was whether they had a rare Saturday game or on Thanksgiving. I couldn't watch the NFL because I was always in Chinese school. On top of that, on Saturdays, I had to spend maybe two hours doing Chinese homework with my friends, my Italian friends, are all like playing sports, right? And I remember I used to pray to God, like, wait, maybe this is a dream. Maybe I'll wake up and be Italian, just like my friend Chris and Greg. And I hated being Asian. But here's the thing. Whatever weakness you have, there's a blessing in that. So being Chinese allowed, gave me a lot of opportunities later on. I got my job, expanding my business to Asia. I was fluent in two dialects. See, your problems you have, they're not going to go away. Whatever challenges, see them as blessings. I don't know how the blessing is, but it's going to be a blessing. Right? I used to, for example, hated my voice. And I'm sure, Alan, you talk to thousands or tens of thousands. I haven't met anyone with my, that sounds like me. Right. And I just used to hate my voice, cringe. And the funny thing is, one time I went to a generic event and I was talking to someone in the line, just grab, I think, uh, grabbing a snack at a Starbucks. And the person, oh, you must be Simon Chan. By the way, that person didn't even know I was Asian. You know what? They recognized <laughs> my voice. I am famous because of my voice, Alan. The one thing <laughs> I hated. Okay. So, every, everything you have, we all have problems and challenges, but there's a blessing in every one of them. Maybe the blessing comes into how you have to change. That's most of the time changing how we think, the direction you need to head. I'm not saying to quit, but the change in thinking. Because all of the solutions, the order problems are out there. You just don't know it. And you don't know it if you're thinking the same way. Right. And you've already kind of addressed this next question, Simon, but do you feel these various challenges that you personally have had in your life and that you've walked through and maybe some you're still walking through have given you a greater platform in the sense that you're now better equipped to train, teach, encourage, motivate, inspire others that maybe have similar or the same challenge or maybe different challenges, but at least it gives you a platform to better help people and serve others. Yeah, absolutely. But if it wasn't for my challenge, I wouldn't be on the show. Your worst moments are the raw materials for your future success. Right. So whatever challenge you have right now, instead of being negative about it, have a go. One day you'll be on stage sharing about them. There was one time when I went to Hong Kong, expanding my business, 
Here, we grew up in the first world country. I'm not saying Hong Kong is not, but we're very clean set. And our stomachs are not used to things that are not as clean. And I ate something there that wasn't clean, and I got really sick. In five days, I lost about seven pounds because I could not eat. Every time I ate, I'll go to the bathroom. I was so sick. My stomach hurt so bad. I couldn't even walk like two blocks. And I actually had to call my dad long distance and find out. He said, I ate something. There's a virus in my stomach. Now, I can speak Chinese, but I can't read and write Chinese, and I'm hurting. But eventually survived. The reason I lost the weight was the only way to kill that bug was not eat for three days. So I didn't eat. I lost seven pounds. I was weak. I eventually found an internet cafe that had free internet, and I would just eat all day there and just work. Ended up sponsoring three people there. But that mental toughness, when I went to Malaysia, I talked about building a huge team in the Philippines. Those are the things that give me the mental toughness. Say, if I can handle the pain, the mental stress, and the physical pain in Taiwan, that was back in 2004, I could handle anything. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I know a lot of the tough things I've been through have better equipped me to handle other tough things in the future. And like I said in episode one, more are coming for each and every one of us. They're just going to look different for you versus me. They're going to come in different intervals and different waves, but we all have challenges ahead of us. And that's what keeps life interesting and exciting. If you could go back in time and give yourself some advice, what would you tell your younger self in the context of success? And, you know, I talked a lot about success and I defined success in episode number one, just what is success? And it's not always just financial success, although absolutely that is a part of success. That is a success, an area of success. But what would you tell your younger self? Something you know now you wish you could go back in time and tell your younger self. At what age? Let's go back to 18. Oh, at 18. That's easy. When you're 20, you worry about what others are thinking about you. When you're 40, you don't care about what others think about you. And then when you're 80, you finally wake up and realize like no one was ever thinking about you. What's the application of that? Just do your thing. Who cares what people yes. say? People are not staying up night like, oh, Alan Blaine, that guy. Whoa, I can't believe he's doing this. I can't. They're not thinking about you because they're so worried about what other people are thinking about them. They have no time to think about you. 100% couldn't agree more. As we start to wrap this up a little bit, can you just share with our listeners just one thing that you're super excited about currently, something maybe you're working on, or anything else that excites you about the future right now? Well, my book just came out. It's got a great reviews, Consistency Pill. Thank you for getting and sharing with your team, Alan. What excites me is the whole direct selling profession that we're marketing or the side gate is going to get bigger and bigger. We're about the same age, right? So when we were growing up, the norm was just to get, go to school, study hard, and get a job. And I didn't even know anything about side hustles until I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I was in my 20s by then. So, but now people are more open than ever because things have changed. I mean, you have kids that they think they want to be an influencer. My wife's cousin, second cousin, when he was 11 years old, 12 years old, was making Thomas Train videos and making money on YouTube. You know, he was making like not much, about 100 bucks, 150 bucks a month on YouTube. And this is for an 11-year-old kid. So right. there was another example. Somebody in my neighborhood, I'll share the story. I was asking this person, he's like, this dad I'm friends with, and his son was taking soccer lessons. And it's like, well, how much is soccer lessons? Oh, this is really cheap. Only like $5 for 30 minutes. It's like, what type of lessons? $5? Because normally you're paying a dollar a minute. 30 minutes would be $30. Sometimes double, $60 for 30 minutes. What's five minutes? She said, well, but she's really good. So what type of good lesson can you get for $5? Turns out it's an 11-year-old girl who is really talented. And during the pandemic, she had nothing to do. So her parents have a big backyard. Turn the backyard. 
She is 11, giving lessons to five, six-year-old kids, charging $5 for 30 minutes. She started a whole side business at her parents' backyard. See, the new generation, they're open to side opportunities. Our generation, Alan, was like, oh, work hard, get a job, right? Maybe you're right. really wealthy, start a business. Now, all the, the new generation, they're open. You see that in millennials already, these influencers. That's what excites me. The world is changing. And you know the old world, the way it works. We all know that doesn't work. Work 30, 40 years and get, people know that doesn't work. So that's what excites me, the opportunity that people like you and I, we can make even a bigger impact because the world is changing. Absolutely. You took the words right out of my mouth. I'm super excited about the future for that very, very reason. More and more people looking for opportunities and needing solutions that we have available to us, which is very, very fun. Okay. So just some 30 second quick questions. Yep. What is one habit, and you've probably mentioned some already, but what is one habit that you feel like has really been a key to helping you become successful in life? I plan my day every night before I go to bed. So important. I love that. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? What I said before, when you're 20, you worry about what others think. When you're 40, you don't care about what other people think. When you're 80, you realize no one was ever thinking about you. Love it. So in this day and age, and you alluded to the new age that we're living in, so many great resources online and apps and electronic resources, I guess I could say. Do you have a favorite online resource or app that you could share with our listeners? Yes. I have a whole bunch. Streaks. You know, people, competitive people, we want to keep the streak. So for example, streak is no caffeine after 3.45 p.m. I like tea. I don't drink much coffee. But right now, I have a look at it, Alan. I have a streak of how many days? 265 days of not having any. So that's one. I used to have a sugar issue. I love sugar. I will keep track. I've gone four days without ice cream and actually keeps track in the last four months. I've had ice cream only three times. So it's a great app that tracks it and makes it a game. I love it. I love it. I do love that feature on an app called Duolingo that I've used for learning Spanish. And you can see your streaks of, again, how many yes. consecutive days in a row you've done the goal that you set out for yourself. One more, too. This is probably almost like the habit the one I use the most. You know, I use it so much, I don't even remember it. Eternity. Eternity okay. tracks every minute of what you're doing. So I plan my day. I make sure I'm productive, working on the right things. I have them in different categories. So right now I'm doing like speaking. I track it. How much time I'm spending speaking? How much time I'm spending in the batting cage? How much time? I track every hour of what I do, every minute. Family time is just family time. I'm working on marketing. I'm working on sales. It tracks everything. And that allows me to know at the end of the week, when I plan out my week before I plan out my days, how did I do last week and what I need to do this week? Right. Looking back before we look forward, it's called Eternity. And it's basically a logging app where you're logging. Yeah, your time tracking app. You can create different categories. Right. And I've been using it for the last eight years. And I've never missed right. a day. I can't wait to check that out. Love it. I've recommended many times for people to log various things throughout their day, whether it's time tracking to be able to look back and see how they're actually spending their time. That's really good. So the first time I thought like, hey, I didn't spend that much time on social media. I thought, oh crap, I actually did. Or right. I spent a lot of time follow-up. No, you only did seven minutes. So you can set exactly. them by how many initial reach outs are you doing? How much time are you spending follow-up? How much time is presenting? Which you can create whatever categories you want. Yeah, I love it. It's because it's so easy to be deceived. Yeah. You see statistics of how many hours the average American spends on social media four and a half hours or three and a half hours a day or whatever the number is, it's pretty astronomical. And I don't think most people would realize they spend that much time each day or how many hours watching TV or whatever some of these stats are. So 
I think it's super helpful to inspect the things we expect and to be able to look back on our day and our week and go, am I investing the time in the things that matter most to me? And if not, now I know how to make the adjustments. Well, I want to add one more thing because I know you're an author too. So when I write my book, initially I thought, well, I'm not just spending a lot of time, but it's going very slow. And then I looked at it. It was a couple of weeks I spent only 45 minutes writing. I thought, wait a second. That's terrible. Especially during the editing process. It was painful, right? So then I set a goal. I got to spend at least three hours minimum on the book, preferably five hours. And once I had that goal, and it was a like gaming fire, I'll push myself. All right, by Wednesday, I'm only at two hours. Let's go another three hours. Then you strategize and plan out your day a lot better. And then once I did that, the book got along really quickly. Love it. Golden nuggets, Simon. Golden nuggets. Speaking of books, what is one book you'd recommend to our listeners of the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast? The Bible. The best. Or yeah. even if you're not a believer, just read Proverbs. Order wisdom. You look at Jesus Christ, his lessons, his parables, the seasons, the seeds, the sower, you apply to everything. So appreciate your time, Simon, and wisdom and tons of great information here for everybody to glean from. I'm just taking all kinds of notes and can't wait to go back and listen to this podcast episode again. But what is, as we start to close this, what is one way or any way you want to share that our listeners can connect with you and follow your continued journey? They can go to mlnation.com. Follow me on social media, Simon Chan on Facebook or Simon W. Chan on Instagram. Great. Last question, Simon. Any closing comment that you may have to share with our listeners today before we end the show? Yeah, consistency is the number one skill. No one's born consistent, but you can all learn to be consistent. And anything you do, if without consistency, you're never going to be successful. No strategy will be successful. But if you are consistent, doesn't matter where you are right now, eventually you're going to be very, very good at what you do. I love it. Well, well said. And you know, that applies to everything. And we talked about on episode one, how we want to be successful in all areas of life. We want to be successful in our health, in our finances, in our relationships, in all of them. That applies. We need to be consistent if we expect success. So Simon, I thank you so much again for coming on the show, taking time out of your valuable day to spend time with us today and share all the wisdom that you had to share. Thank you for your friendship. And I'll look forward to the next time we get to chat again. Hey, thanks for having me again, Alan. It's a ton of fun. Thanks, Simon. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblain.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contacts page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. Thanks in advance and make it a great day.